Well, good morning, LCM. Today is Sunday, January 17, 2021, and we are concluding our series on Joseph's Storehouse with our sermon titled today, Empowered to Produce. Amen. Look, there are uh, a lot of exciting things that are happening. I want to clue this body and those listening in online to one of them. New Life Fellowship. Somebody say New Life. New Life. New Life is so excited about what's happening here. We're going to move their Sunday services to right here for about, I don't know how long, at least 100 days. They do not want to miss out on what you were being given. And it occurred to them that we can still do services during the week there and get back to doing them in the home and focusing on discipleship like we were taught to do it. So I want to encourage you, when you see the Treasters, uh, the OG Treasters, not the, uh, the new, versatile, anointed, incredible, wife better looking than the husband, young Treasters. <laughs> when you see them, encourage them. They're, look, they're coming a long ways. They're traveling a long ways, but it's going to do a few things. It's going to give you the opportunity to host sometimes, and the six families or six weeks rotation that we have of families that have been going there, we're all bringing it back home to get centered right here and strengthened before we go out. Amen. 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 Come on, that's some good news. Everybody say, that's good news. That's good news. Come on, we got some other good news for you. Turn with us to Psalm chapter 33. Psalm 33. And we're going to pick it up in verse 18. Say empowered whenever you're there. Psalm 33, 18 says this. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and to keep them alive in famine. Church, we want to start off this morning by letting you know that it is abundantly clear that God has displayed that his eyes are in fact upon us because he's been filling us with revelation as we pursue the first hundred days of that divine direction that he's given us. We're maximizing our marriages. Yeah. We're going to perfect our parenting. We're even now securing our singles. We're preparing to multiply ministries here at LCM. God has surely filled our storehouses and it is an incredible thing. See, even in the dark days that we're in, his unfailing love has abundantly supplied us with a storehouse of revelation. It causes our hope to abound. Can somebody say amen to these things? Amen. God has given us the right word for the right time, which will keep us alive and cause us to thrive in the dark days of famine that are ahead. More than just being kept alive by going to the storehouse of his goodness, you. Somebody say me. me. Yes, you. You have become a storehouse of gratefulness here in this place. Has anybody increased their gratefulness in this house? Yes. Amen. Nothing stands out more during dark days than those that are radiantly joyful, than those that are truly grateful. This is the distinction the Lord has been talking to us about, and we are so proud as pastors that we're beginning to see your faces radiate with it. Uh, let's go to verse 20. And see how this word continues. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In, our, in him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. 
May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Church, we want to encourage you this morning that we will continue. We will remain. We will persevere in hope for the Lord because he is our help. Because he is our easer for those of you going through the maximizing marriages. When our trust is grounded in the unchanging, infallible, ineffable name of our Lord, our hearts rejoice, saints. They're filled with joy. Joy that is ever-present and even effervescent, bubbling over in the hearts of those who know that God is with them. Church, do you know that God is with you? Oh, yeah. See, we talk about cultivating gratefulness. This is what we're putting into practice. And as we put our hope in him, church, his unfailing is with us. Can I get a hallelujah in this house? Hallelujah. Oh, I got a hallelujah for something, Pastor. <laughs> Did you see that verse 21 said, In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name? I've been watching something. I saw the Thomases fixing their car in a driveway yesterday. It occurred to me that they are rejoicing. Now, that's not just because they're leaping and spinning around and happiness. I'm seeing Joyce rejoice. See, every time Steve (laughs) begins to speak into her that spiritual design, she's rejoicing. It's kind of an, in fact, I've been seeing that in a lot of marriages lately. I'm seeing Alicia Clement come back scrappy and spiritual like she's been for so many years. We're beginning to see Susan smile and administrate. Look, this church is not only alive in famine, we're persevering, and I know what that's going to do. That's going to cause production in the kingdom. <laughs> amen. Yeah. For some of you, it might even cause reproduction. Oh, amen to that. Come on now. <laughs> Somebody say rejoice. Rejoice. <laughs> Look, we want to return to a primary passage that helped us to establish this entire series on Joseph's storehouse. Everybody turn with us to Genesis 47. Genesis 47. It really is fun to go way outside your notes, isn't it, Pastor? That's, that's, that's good. <laughs> I love it. Genesis 47. And we're going to talk about verse 23. Say reproduce when you get there. Reproduce. (laughs) It says this, beginning in verse 23. Joseph said to the people, Now, now that I have bought you and your land today for Pharaoh, here is seed for you, so that you can plant the ground. But when the crop comes in, Give a fifth of it to Pharaoh. The other four-fifths you may keep as seed for the fields and as food for yourselves, your household, and your children. Their response is seen so clearly in verse 25. You have saved our lives. The joy and the rejoicing that's there. They said, we may may we find favor in the eyes of the Lord. We're going to easily, happily, joyfully serve and be in bondage to Pharaoh. See, in this passage, we pick up the story at the pinnacle of the famine in the land of Egypt. The people have already given all of their money for food. Somebody say, for food. For food. They've sold all their livestock for food. And now they have sacrificed their land and their entire lives to get seed. Somebody say seed. Seed. See, listen to the wisdom of Joseph here. 
now that you've fully sacrificed absolutely everything in your life, here is seed so that you can plant the ground. See, as divine as it is for God to have directed Joseph to establish a storehouse of seed, there was even a more divine purpose that is at work here. The purpose of producing a crop. The point of a storehouse isn't to just possess the seed indefinitely. The point of a storehouse is to provide seed so that you can produce an actual crop. Does that make sense to you today? See, possessing the seed is not the same thing as producing a crop. Think about it this way. Just referencing a revelation is not the same thing as walking in the revelation. See, you've got to be able to walk in it so that you can produce a crop from that revelation. Let me give you some examples here just, just from our lives here. What about the stones that you carry in your pocket? Oh. Man, it's one thing to possess, to, to have the seed that's there in your pocket. It's an entirely different thing for you to know and to produce the reality, to produce a crop from that stone that is able to be slung at a giant and kill the giants that are in your life. One is possessing a seed and it's beautiful. The other is producing a crop from it. What about your Abigail and the ball carts? Come on, working on, it's one thing to understand, and now that we're starting to do this daily, somebody say daily. Daily. Daily in our lives, you're starting to see more than just that you have the seed, but you're starting to be able to conquer the sinful nature and to walk in a, in a glorified spiritual way that is producing a crop in your homes. It's a, like the Talmudim. You're not just knowing the acrostic of it. You are becoming what your teachers are. See, this is something that not only it's a good thing to be a store to, to have and go to the storehouse. It's an even better thing to become the storehouse. But the goal of it is to produce a crop that is from that storehouse of what God has given you. When you think through this process in this way, it's beautiful that a seed affects your heart. And the more you cultivate your heart, the more it affects you. But the goal was always for it to grow in a way that you were affecting the hearts of others. In other words, we start in this process as a consumer. Uh, Joseph, give us this. Joseph, give us this. But we end this pro process as a producer. Amen. Look, we're seeing this happen all over the church. Jennifer Hall gave me a word the other day on a, it was a big three by five index card. I mean, that's the biggest three by five index card I've ever seen. See, she's not just looking to receive the word. She's not just consuming. She is, in fact, starting to produce. That is where this whole church is moving. Every actor in Hollywood starts off as an actor, and they want to become a producer because they think they're in charge. Actually, in the kingdom, it's when the Lord becomes in charge of you that you are a producer. Church, you are empowered to produce. Hey, I couldn't help but notice right before we started the service, uh, Glenn and Jen, that they were radiant and shining with affection and love for each other. They were snuggling. What do you mean, were? They glowing for each other right now. Yes. Oh. Look at that. Kissing at that. cam. <laughs> they were rubbing noses like two little lovebirds and just uh, their feathers, making little sounds. 100, yes. I'm watching the effect of using their cards to not only put the death on the ball traits, but to produce the Abigail in each other. Amen. It's surfacing and bringing life. Well, let's look further in verse 24 where we're at in Genesis. 
But when, everybody say when. 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 It's an important word. But when the crop comes in, give a fifth of it to Pharaoh. The other four fifths you may keep as seed for the fields and as food for yourselves and for your households and your children. So let's focus in on that phrase that we began this verse with, when the crops come in. The primary use of seed is to plant it in the fields so that it will produce a crop. You can expect the outcome of a harvest because it says when, not if. There's a certainty that it is absolutely going to happen. That's what God is speaking to us and speaking to this church. When the crops come in, we're building our confidence that God is empowering us to produce because he's given us this seed. Look, you are empowered to produce because you are a storehouse of seed and the crop will be produced. The Savior will, in fact, receive a return on what he has invested inside of you. Well, that Savior is seen here reflected in the phrase, give a fifth to Pharaoh. Look, this establishes the priorities for what is produced from your crops and therefore produced from your lives. These first fruits of what you produce are then joyfully, gratefully given back to the one who saved your very life. These aren't seeds. These are crops. What we're saying is it's not just the seed form of what's happening. It's producing even more of what originally was as a harvest. The little, that, the, 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 the little that you gave me has now become mature, complete, fully grown product of the revelation that we received. Now, I know the only way you've ever heard that kind of speech is about tithing. Uh, uh, this church is, is nearly 100%. Somebody say 100! 100! Tithers. So that's not, that's not our biggest concern. Uh, I, it's shocking at this day and time that our focus has never been on money. Think about this in producing more of what you are. See, Matthew 13, 52 literally says that every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom both old and new treasures well, what begins to happen through this process is you are given seed, and that seed has been cultivated in your heart. You've heard it, you've retained it, you've persevered in it, and now you are able to produce more of what you are. You have become the storehouse. You are empowered to produce more of what you are. One of the things I love about Ella Treister is Ella is going to produce more of what she is. Amen. One of the things that I love about Natalie Moloch is she is going to produce more of what she is. Amen. The reason we've been cultivating our heart is so that nothing hinders <clears throat> reproduction. Amen. <laughs> Come on, let's turn to 2 Corinthians 9 and see how Paul addresses this very same topic. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 10. <laughs> get it second corinthians 9 and verse 10 it says this now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed 
and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving and gratefulness to God. See, generosity is a demonstration of gratefulness. We're not just saying this to, to, to try to remind you of the tithe box that we put off to the side. We're saying that the generosity of your life is a demonstration of the gratefulness for what God has supplied to you, both seed and food, both for the increase in your storehouse and the multiplication of your harvest. Of course, we're talking about these things. We want you to be generous in every way, on every occasion, generous with the seed of revelation that God has given you, generous with the harvest of righteousness that you have produced, generous with washing your wife with the water of the word, generous with your time, generous with who you are and your very heart towards other people, generous in every single way that God has enriched your life. That is a life that has been producing and is producing and you're getting to enjoy the generosity that comes from the blessing of producing a crop in your life. How many of you teach a Bible study in your home teach your wife and children, teach in a prison, or share in some way the word on a regular basis. Raise your hand if that's true. Look around at that, saints. Okay? Now that you know that, in light of what he is saying, have you ever had a revelation? And you're like, mm, I'm not going to share that with Christy today because I'll be teaching in two days, and, and I want that revelation on that day. That's a poverty mentality. That's like, I, I have a revelation and I'll never get another one. So I better not let this one out too soon. What we have learned is that you can hear, you can retain, you can persevere, and that will always produce more. Amen. It turns out that the more that you produce and give away, the more you reproduce. Amen. <laughs> Did you hear it in, in that, that passage in Corinthians that he will increase your store of seed and enlarge your harvest? That what God is giving us is the confidence that as we pour or as we cultivate the revelation and seed that God has given us, there's a promise that more is going to be given. More seed in the storehouse and more harvest is yet to come. Well, reflecting back on this passage in Genesis, the first fifth went to Pharaoh. Well, the other four fifths. They went to a horse, seed for your fields, and then food for yourselves, food for your household, and food uh, for your children, for the generations. What you first received from the storehouse, you've now produced a crop. You're then taking from that production and giving back to the Lord and perpetuating the produce into the next generation so that they can grow and reproduce. Instead of solely depending on the seed of someone else's storehouse, you have now taken that seed, planted it, watered it, harvested, and you are now a self-seeding storehouse that is able to multiply ministries. The remaining crop was food enough to nourish your life, your family, and your generations that would go out and affect the nations. One of the reasons this concept is so important is we're going to begin home meetings all over the city. And your homes are already seed-bearing storehouses, but you're going to see people saved in your living room. 
you're going to see people baptized in the Holy Ghost in your living room. And where some churches will, will adopt a puppy on the side of the road and bring it to their pastors because their pastor is supposed to be the only equipped person in the church. And this one, it worked the other way. We will send people towards you because we want them to become what you already are. Yeah. That is what we're cultivating at this time. And friends, we're winning. Yeah. It, it is happening. I mean, Damien and Tamika are sitting back there all happy and handsome. Got those glasses on. You know what that means? We are going to sit around the table and the same instruction that you would receive right here will be happening in their kitchen. Come on. That's okay. Good. To some extent, that's going on right now anyway. But you have no idea the extent to which that may be necessary as we move forward in that's the true. years to come. So we are preparing now for that. Come on, we're going to win, aren't we? Yes. We're empowered to produce, aren't we? Amen. Yes. <laughs> we're going to reproduce. Amen. Hey, turn with us to Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. We want to tie this in with a concept that we've been working with with the last few services. Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. Somebody say reproduce when you get there. Maximize, multiply, reproduce, some. Verse 15 says this. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain the word, and by persevering, produce a crop. We want to show this to you in a few different ways to make sure that the familiarity with this verse hasn't uh, shaded some actual beautiful revelation for you. And, and our next slide we have, you see at the top, at the 12 o'clock position, you have where this passage starts. To see what the sign of your good and noble heart is, to see the sign of a good soil, it begins with you hearing the word, with you getting the seed of revelation. And then as you work on that, as you treasure that, as you retain it, you begin to water it. It begins to grow. You begin to cultivate. And then what happens as you're cultivating the seed is you must continue to persevere in that seed. And then it will produce a crop in your life that is the same substance that was there planted but has now come to full fruition. Now let me show this to you in a different way. If you start on the left side of the screen, if you hear, somebody say, I've heard the word. I've heard the word. When you start with the idea of hearing and receiving the word, and you add to it, retaining, watering, cultivating, growing it. And when you add to that the perseverance that's required to continue to walk in this way, it equals. It is the produce of what comes is the result of you hearing, retaining, persevering, you will produce. That is the promised outcome. You can count on it. It is an assurity that if you've heard, have you heard in this house or not? You're a, play, you're a group of people who have heard the word. You are retaining it. You're watering it. You're working on it. You're growing this revelation. You're cultivating. You're beginning and you are showing all the signs of persevering then that leaves a great confidence in your heart. You should look at this and go, then you know what the next step is. You know what the outcome is. You know that you are going to produce. We're not asking you to, to hope that you'll produce. We're saying you will produce. Yeah, I think it's possible that we've heard this in a way that was slightly negative. 
I've heard. Now I have to retain it. I'm retaining it. Now I have to persevere in it. This is a little bit like we view Deuteronomy 6.4. We, we say, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And we hear we, we must. This is actually prophetic. If you hear the word and you retain it, and the word will cause you to want to retain it, and you persevere in it, and the more you're retaining it, it produces perseverance, then the natural outgrowth, the thing that happens as the result of hearing the word is that you produce. You don't have to produce. You do it naturally. Have you ever walked into a garden and heard your plant? Who in here has grown a tomato? Okay, anybody in here grown okra? Because that's disgusting. <laughs> when you walk into your backyard and you water your tomato plant and it's in the sunshine, have you ever heard it giving uh, labor pains, travailing, screaming, grabbing the arm of its spouse plant and, and digging in nails? Never. Never. That is not how the kingdom grows. That's how the Messiah is birthed into the world, and that's how the uh, um, end time will be. But that is not how the kingdom grows in your life. It actually is defined by Matthew eleven twenty nine. Come unto me, all you are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy and it is light. Say, well, how is it easy and light? Because when you hear what he says... And you cherish it, you retain it, and you start to persevere in it. The natural thing that happens is you produce fruit that is what you are. Yeah. So if what you've been hearing and all of this cultivating talk is, I have to produce 30 or I'm a failure. I have to produce 60 or I'm a You're being motivated by the wrong thing. Yeah. Okay, which is why we're focusing on your spiritual design. You shall Love the Lord your God with all your heart. A prophetic promise. You shall produce. The noble soil hears, retains, perseveres, and shall produce. All right, you ready for it? Say, I will produce. I will produce. Look at your spouse if you're married and say, we will reproduce. <laughs> Amen. Look, there's a simple calculation. That, that needs to be done here. And it's not a negative one, okay? Do not see this as half empty. Don't rob it of its prophetic power. If your production yield is not as high as you would like it to be, then you increase your perseverance, and you can. If your perseverance is not as high as you would like it to be, then you increase your retention, if your retention is not quite as high as you would like it to be, I mean, you got a 90, but you want a 100, all you really have to do is increase your hearing. See, the calculation always works. God will always empower you to produce the kingdom. The, this calculation ends in you can, you shall, you will produce. You are empowered to produce the kingdom. Oh, come on, church, say, I am empowered. I am empowered. And I can produce. And I can produce. Man, this is an encouragement looking at this calculation. It's not complex. It's very simple. It's right here in the Word. You just got to put this calculation into in to practice. So let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. We'll look at verse 16. 
empowered to produce. Shout it out whenever you get there. You're empowered to speak in church today. I've noticed Jess's arm is sliding closer and closer around Abambola as we're preaching today. <laughs> oh, yeah. First Timothy 4.16. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Amen. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you, what's the next word? Will. Let's say it together, church. You will. will. That's hey, a certain King James. It'll help you. Persevere in them because if you do, you shall. It's a certainty. You will, you shall save both you and your hearers. Now look, as we were studying this verse, we saw some comparisons to Genesis 47. And you have both seed and you have both food in Genesis 47. And as it appears here in 1 Timothy 4, it said, watch your life. That life is food. It's what brings about nourishment. And doctrine. Doctrine is the seed. See, when you have a biblical doctrine based on the deep convictions in the word, it produces a way of life that then goes and nourishes other people. So why is it imperative that we watch our life and doctrine, watch our seed, and watch our food closely? Because others' lives hang in the balance of what is produced from us. See, with careful observation of your life and doctrine, like Joseph, you will be empowered to produce a crop of salvation for others. Producing a harvest of salvation for you and for those who are looking to receive a revelation from you and revelation from your way of life. Your life depends on it. Your family's life depends on it. Your disciples' lives depend on it. And you will be able, or let me say this again, you shall be able to be empowered to produce. Come on, are you, are you guys hearing the encouragement that's coming from this? It's not just that you can it's not just that you might be able. It's that when you hear and retain and persevere, you will produce Amen. a crop. When you watch Amen. your life and doctrine closely, when you persevere in that, you will be able to save both yourself and your hearers. This should bring just such an encouragement and a confidence to us today. We're not saying it's off somewhere far away. We're saying you will be able to do this. This is the promise of the heavens that is upon us. Let your faith rise, church. Let your hope rise. Let your heads rise up so that you can understand what is going on. You will be able to do this as you walk according to the truth of God's word. Are you watching your lives closely? Are you persevering in your doctrine? I, why are two or three of you speaking to me today? I appreciate that, that Rizora is here. I love him. It's always been good. Are you watching your lives closely? How about you, Micaiah? Are you watching your life closely? Joy, are you persevering in your doctrine? Then you shall save the lives of people hearing you and your own life. Do you see how simple that is? Now, we're faced with a startling difficulty, though. There are seasons of our lives where we are not seeing people saved. There are seasons of our field where we are not producing crops. You can even get used to it. But now, what do we know the problem was? We weren't watching our lives closely enough. We weren't persevering in the doctrine close enough. We weren't hearing. We weren't retaining. We weren't persevering. But what have you been doing for a month? 
cultivating the soil of your heart so that you can hear, so that you can retain, so that you can... Now we know for certain. Know that. This year, 20% increase in this church because of your love. That is going to happen. Now, at New Year's, I was... We're going to do it with your... Replace you if you don't want to do it. I'm happy to see that you have this is the will of God and it is happening here, and that is why you feel his anointing in that special way we did during worship. Amen. You are going to produce, it's gonna happen. Yeah, you already have laid the root groundwork. Amen. You will start to see things out of the ground. Yeah, what has taken root below is going to bear fruit. You need to have faith for that. Yeah. You have faith somebody else can do it. You need to begin to have faith that you can do it because it, it, this is a universally true statement. Yeah. So is Luke 8, 15. Yeah. See, as you are hearing, retaining, persevering, you will produce the crop. Look, we want to show this to you in a slide. It's not only Luke. It's throughout the Gospels. You have empowered production. You're going to be able to produce and not only produce in quantity, but you'll be able to produce the same quality as that which was given to you. You'll be able to reproduce what you have become, what you are, what you see that this church produces. You will be able to produce the same. Consider in Matthew 7, you get that a tree is recognized by its fruit. You're going to be able to see that a good tree is, in fact, going to produce good fruit because it has been empowered to produce. In Luke 8, uh, Luke 8 and Matthew 13, you get the very parable of the soil and the sower that we've been talking about, that as you do this, as you hear and retain and persevere, you will produce. Matthew 13, it's a parable about weeds, but what it's showing you is that those of us who will produce are easily identified and separated out, have a form of distinction from the weeds of this world. In Matthew 13, all the way through Luke 13, you get the parable of the mustard seed. What is that parable about? A tiny, small amount of seed that is given but produces an incredible harvest of the smallest of the seed that produces the largest of the plants. That is what God will do because he's empowering us. Oh, pastor, I only have a mustard seed. Awesome. Look at Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 13, and let it build your heart today because that is the type of empowerment that we're talking about. You get the parable of the tenants. The parable of the tenants, consider, and we even put one of the verses there on the screen from Matthew 21. He'll bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop. Amen. See, this should remind you that Genesis 47 of what you will be able to do. Matthew 25 and Luke 19, the parable of the talents. What's the whole point of the parable of the talents? is that you will be rewarded for those who have been empowered to produce like you have, then you will be rewarded by God saying, hey, well done. What is it like when someone that you actually care about says well done to you? What is it like when Baj or Gina walks up and says, well done? Exactly. Oh, What is it like for that to happen? Not someone who's just trying to be kind with their words, but truthful because they've been empowered to see the production in your life. That's what happens here. Well done, my good and faithful servants, because they will produce. 
And the last one that we used here as an example, we could have done many more. We could have done dozens of other ones. But you get Matthew 25, which is not a parable. It is actually Jesus Christ separating the sheep from the goats. Look at what it says here. The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers, you did for me. Jesus is going to be able to separate out again with distinction for those who will, those who have been empowered to produce, those who took it seriously and said, I hear that word and I will produce what you want, mighty God. I shall do it and I shall watch my life and doctrine closely to be able to bring about salvation, to bring about produce, to be able to produce and reproduce everything that you've done. See, these dark days that we're talking about, the dark days that are coming upon us, they provide the opportunity for distinction. The distinction has always been there. It's just easier to see. In the Bible, the distinction line is literally those who produce the kingdom of God or those that do not produce the kingdom of God. It's really that simple. And to be able to produce and reproduce the kingdom of God, we hear the word, we retain the word, we persevere in the word, and it will always produce the kingdom. First inside of you, and then in the lives of everyone around you. It's, it's not um, a mystical, complex thing. It's like a farmer putting a seed in the ground, and he has no ability to make that seed grow. But he knows when he waters it and leaves it in the sun, God will make it grow. Yes. In fact, I think, I think we probably ought to just read 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3, 7 through 8 says this. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow, who empowers to produce. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will. Say will. 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 Say shall. Shall. They will each be rewarded according to their own labor. You so got, grab hold of that for just a second. If you are focused on your inadequacies, and who's not from time to time, right? Well, Moses didn't speak well. We can just go right. Peter had a problem cutting off ears. I mean, we, we can. Jonah liked to take a deep introspective look at whales. I mean, there are a lot of problems in the Bible. But God makes things grow. Our responsibility is to hear, retain, persevere. He will make it grow. In fact, all of the pastors on the stage, all of the pastors in the one association listening, it, it actually comes down to one thing. Becoming more God-conscious than you are self-conscious. Trusting that his word will work in you and the world around you if you focus on his ability to make it grow instead of your inability to do anything. Amen. Once you turn that corner... You're not just a storehouse. You're a powerhouse. Come on. You are a catalyst for change in the world. You produce and reproduce <laughs> everywhere you go. Amen. See, this is a beautiful principle. Revelation 22 goes and makes this crystal clear. And Revelation 22, 12 says, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they've done. So catch this for a second. When you become more God-conscious than you are self-conscious, it allows for God to produce in you. It allows God to cause things to grow in you. And then he rewards you for what grew in you. 
This is the reward that the fact that, in, that he has given us and that he can promise us is from the understanding and the confidence that we have, the God-centric mindset that we have, the lifestyle that we live, that what he causes to be produced in us, we even then get rewarded for it. That is an incredible blessing. It's a beautiful topic here, and we're going to continue to go on because that speaks to the quality of the produce that we have. So when I look back in the back right corner and I see Assad and Kayla, or I move to the left corner and I see Susie Brown, these are two of the most capable women that any of us know. But like everybody else, when they wake up in the morning, they see the things that they haven't done right. They're full of insecurities. All human beings are. To the extent that their husbands encourage them in the word and they begin to retain what is being said and persevere in it, what you see is production coming from their life in every direction. And, and it's really not because circumstances changed. No. They just trusted God above their inability. They trusted God in spite of their insecurity. And they proved it by persevering in it and God begins to produce the kingdom all around them. This is why faith could be translated trust-grounded obedience. Amen. In every situation, you're not trusting in your arm. You already know that it's frail, that it's broken, that you'll screw it up. But when you trust in the word that's been planted in you and you retain it, won't let it go, and you keep diligently applying it, things supernaturally grow all around you. Amen. Well, God is making us grow. He's empowering us to produce. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 51, and we'll start at verse 1. Shout it out. Isaiah 51, verse 1. Listen to me. You who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man, and I blessed him and made him many. Look, Isaiah here tells us the same thing that Paul did to Timothy. He's saying to watch closely what is being produced in your life by comparing it to the original or OG standard of Abraham and Sarah. We look to the rock, Abraham, and to the quarry, Sarah, to see how we are empowered to produce. He too started off as only one man, but did you see how he was blessed and empowered and the fact that he produced from that empowerment? So how do we know that he heard the word or even saw it, that he retained it, that he persevered in it? We know it because he was empowered to produce and was fruitful. He produced fruit that has lasted even unto this day. This is the standard for us, church, that we are to evaluate our own production. See, Jesus has chosen us. He's appointed each of us to be empowered to bear lasting fruit. 
That is why we watch our life and doctrine closely. That is why we look to the rock quarry. That is why we welcome the judgment of God to begin with the family of God so that we can make certain that we are empowered to produce the lasting and highest quality of fruit for the kingdom. Well, it's a good thing that Abraham had no problem having children, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's a really good thing that, that what God told him was completely within his ability. He could put it on a to-do list and easily check it off, right? Why is he the father of our faith? Why is he and his wife the rock quarry from which we're cut? Precisely because they had no ability to do it, but trusted the Lord and he made it grow. Every Jew that you see on the planet literally comes from the body of Abraham. They are his children wherever you see them, and they came from a barren woman. Now, when you think about that, how many ladies in this church had trouble reproducing, but now you have children? That is so many of us. The Lord is teaching us that it's not about your inability. It's about his ability. Trust him. Hear that word. Retain that word. Persevere in that word, and you will produce the kingdom. If we start by just being grateful for what he's already done, it will help you be grateful and persevere in what he's about to do. You will produce disciples. I promise that. It's going to happen all over this church. This year will be our most productive year because you will be doing it. Somebody say, that's a good word. Turn with us to Psalm 126. We want to show you what this quality is like and what it looks like here for LCM this year. Psalm 126, beginning in verse 1. It says this, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things. See, in this song, the song as you're singing, as you're going up to Jerusalem, anywhere that you go to Jerusalem, you are going up to Jerusalem. When the Lord again produces like a dream, just something that was so incredibly blessed that it felt like a dream to them. What that did was it produced things in God's people. That their mouths were filled with laughter. Their mouths were filled with songs of joy. Come on, that gratefulness was overflowing in everything that they did because God had in fact done a mighty work in them. And then it also produced that other nations, that those outside were able to say, wow, what is God doing in someone like Carlos Rueda? I see something that is so different. He is shining, radiant. His mouth is filled with laughter. His mouth is filled with songs of joy. That distinction that comes causes others outside of the people of God to see that God is doing something and has empowered that type of a man. People here in the produce, and it is obvious because of the songs of joy and the sounds of laughter that comes from our lives. Do you know why? Victorious presentation outcome? Because he's got victory inside of his home. He's been given an extraordinary easer in Patricia. Loves him and he loves her. See, that's not uh, labor in the sense of from the fall. 
sweat of your brow. It's hard work because you have to persevere, but it actually flows quite easily when you hear the word, when you retain the word, you persevere in it. What happened? It's like Keith and Floor. You know, Keith knows he married way out of his league. Excited. Floor looks up to Keith like an extraordinary man. And see, this flows naturally. Retaining it. It's not hard to reproduce when you word. I stand firm on that fact. Look, did you hear what the pastor said? It flows naturally whenever these things are being put in practice. I should have said supernaturally. Supernaturally. They flow supernaturally. Results in a, a, a fruit that is filled with joy. Not just gutting through this. We're growing through being empowered to produce fruit that is filled with joy. That in every circumstance, it's a big smile on their face. I mean, how inspirational when you see somebody going through something and they are filled with joy. You see the evidence. Because they have a revelation that they've heard, they've retained, they're persevering, and it is supernaturally flowing with joy. You can see it in lives yep. like Stephanie Fowler. There, there yep. are a lot of things that could have crushed that. But she's been cultivating her heart. She's been yes, working she on her children. Yes. And so what happens is she's in what looks like a worse situation. Kind of like when somebody dumps fertilizer on your field. But it has worked for her benefit in every way because she's actually growing and showing more victory than when she was not surrounded by fertilizer. Come on. You smell like roses, baby. Verse 3. The Lord has done great things for us. Hallelujah! And we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears, what's that next word, church? Will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Look, God's people also testify directly to the great things that they were empowered to produce by him. And those things that are produced are filled with joy. They may have sown in tears, but they will reap with songs of joy. They may have carried seed out to sow, but now they will be carrying sheaves that produce full mouths and laughter and joy. Church, we want to show you this in an even more uh, special way. We've gone through the word and we're showing it to you throughout the word that you will produce. Somebody say, I will produce. I will produce. See, we've been hearing it directly from the scripture. We've been encouraged as we're building and, and cultivating our lives and working through it. I want to give you one testimony, one recording here that I want to read to you of Miss Joe that prophesied uh, about a few, a few uh, services ago to us. See, we're hearing it. We're seeing it in the word. We're feeling it in our lives. We're hearing it during our worship time. We're cultivating it in our homes and even words of prophecy that comes forth. Listen to this. There have been many seeds that were sown in tears. I'm about to break the crusty ground. I'm about to spring forth with seedlings. 
Do not lose hope, for I will raise up a harvest. And as these seedlings are coming forth, I am commanding you to protect, to guard, and to put yourself around these seedlings in such a way that they are assured full growth. You're going to keep cultivating them. Test yourself and see if you're ready for the task that's at hand. We're saying today that you are ready for the task at hand because that's what's being cultivated. For surely I am bringing forth life in a time of intense testing. There's production and reproduction that are going to be going on in the days of intense testing. Watch and see as these little seedlings come forth, for they were meant to be. It was God's goal, and I have chosen to bring them forth at this time so that my name, that strong tower of a name that we can run to, so that my name might be praised. See, church, life and the beginnings of a harvest are springing forth in this house. Now's the time to have your hope rise. God will help us to break the crusty ground of ungratefulness and cultivate it to produce a crop of gratefulness in this house that that joy and laughter might be upon us. We're going to break up the crusty ground of selfish ambition and have a soil that is saturated with selfless servanthood. See, now is the time to cultivate the harvest because you will produce. You have been empowered to produce. This is the sign. You want a sign, here's the sign that you have heard and that you're retaining and that you're persevering. The sign is you're going to produce. You will produce in this. We're going to continue in this goal of our faith, the goal of receiving revelation about what's happening here. See, life is being brought forth even in these dark days of testing. Watch and see the fact that you are empowered to produce because it's been the goal the entire time. Yeah, when I think about the spites sitting right there, they uprooted from another state in a couple decades. They moved all the way here. They even landed on our street where there's never a place to park. <laughs> and they have been persevering in that act of faithfulness. Yeah, they have. I'm seeing new things come into their lives, and new things coming into the lives of their sons. This is not a mystical art. It is a known, absolutely definable quality. Hearing the word, retaining the word, persevering in the word always produces the kingdom. It's working in their lives. It's working in the lives of everyone in this room. And if you think that the yield is not quite what you would like, all you have to do is increase perseverance, increase retention, or increase hearing and literally in that order and the thing is is this will work for every human being in any location anywhere on the globe the kingdom never needs to be modified the soil of our hearts gets modified Amen. and when we do that the seed that is eternal will always produce eternal results we're seeing that in your lives I'm looking at Nick Rosales there there was a time period when he walked in I thought where's my gun because uh, <laughs> He was scary. And now, now I, I, I want Nick watching over my family. Uh, godly, mature. We're seeing it all over this place. Juan sitting back there. Okay. There is no field in this church that is unproductive. Yeah. There are fields that we can cultivate to produce more. Amen. But that's not a burden. 
It's a delight. It's a pleasure. Your pastors are expressing confidence in you because we believe what comes out of your life is the future of the church. We are not looking to attract more consumers. I don't even like them, just to be honest. We are looking for those who are producers because that's what the eternal seed of of God's word does. And you're empowered for it. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm empowered to produce. I'm empowered to, to produce. produce. Look, I can't help but when I heard that word from Miss Joe, that recounting, that God is breaking up some crusty ground. That he's cultivating his revelation inside of us. I, it's a very descriptive word. It's very descriptive. Very descriptive. And throughout that word, I can't help but see the promise that God shall. He shall bring forth life in this house in the time of intense testing. Man, that gives glory to his name. Look, the goal of God is to empower us to produce a harvest. And it's been before us the whole time. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 47. And we're going to look at verse 27. Now, when we say that we're moving towards a close, that does not mean close your Bible. That does not mean close your ears. It certainly doesn't mean close your heart. We're coming to the culmination of all of this uh, in what has been a rather lengthy series. But we're doing it because we know that you are being empowered unto something. And we know that the seasons around us are designed to produce this in us. The Spirit began warning us before coronavirus about these things. It took us all of about 32 minutes to decide what to do with coronavirus. We're not closing anything down. We're cultivating our heart to produce in a more difficult season. And it turns out that those difficulties actually help us make a distinction. God is helping us here. Uh, The cowards can do whatever they want. That's not who we are. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to produce an eternal kingdom and do it at a time when churches are closing all around us. That's exactly right. Genesis 47, 27. Now the Israelites settled in Egypt in the region of Goshen. They acquired property there and were fruitful and increased greatly in number. So when we look at this verse, you understand that now that salvation has been provided for the world, Joseph would then provide a specific land for Israel to settle in, planting their lives in a place that would later produce light even in the darkest of times. And the region of Goshen was a region that we settle our lives and our souls into. Even in the midst of worldwide famine, in the midst of deepest of darknesses, Goshen is the very place that God chose to empower to produce righteous generations and build the life into a family and soon then into a nation. It is what God will provide, shall provide for us as well. Look, as we move on to other things than Goshen, it's important for you to know that the Egyptians didn't highly esteem Goshen. In fact, they looked down on those that kept herds and flocks. Genesis says so, clearly. So they looked upon Goshen with contempt. But do you know what the Bible calls it? The best land. The best land in Egypt. The Lord knows how to take contemptible situations that are all around us 
and make it the best ground for you to grow in. That's good. He, he knows how to do that. He's Amen. been doing it a long time. He knows how to take what is dark all around and still shine a light on you so that there's a clear distinction. Yeah. Uh, we have at least four years of it right upon us right now. And I think much, much more than that. Church, they're in the land of Goshen. They're in that best land that was given. They did three specific things that we want to help you to see. The very first thing it says, and it's on your screen, they acquired property there. The very first thing it says is they acquired property. See, they were displaying, they began to immediately display their understanding of the longevity of the commitment and the ability to plant seed, to retain it, to persevere in it, and produce a crop. The very first thing they did was to get land so that they could begin to produce because that was the goal the entire time. This should remind you the importance of getting the land there. We, we want to remind you of Jeremiah 32. You can stay here in, in Genesis 47, but I want to read to you from Jeremiah 32 in verses 8 through 10. It says this, Then just as the Lord had said, My cousin, Hanamel, came to me in the courtyard of the guard and said, Buy my field at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin, since it is your right to redeem it and to possess it. Buy it for yourself. I knew that this was the word of the Lord. So I bought the field at Anathoth from my cousin Hanamel and weighed out for him 17 shekels of silver. I signed and sealed the deed, had it witnessed, and weighed out the silver on the scales. See what's happening here in Jeremiah is he understood at the beginning of the time, before they went into the, the fullness of the dark days, Jeremiah heard the word of the Lord that said, this is important, and you're going to buy this field. You're going to remind yourself. You're going to seal, sign, sealed, and deliver the deed that is there to remind you that these dark days are going to have something on the other end of it, that even in the midst of it, you and your people will be able to produce. See, this is what we can expect, that of being empowered to produce here in our day and time during the dark days while we're acquiring and even gaining land here in this area. I don't want to veer very far from the idea of acquiring land or gaining territory or producing and moving forward. But for some of you, you might recognize that this is the language of Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Jeremiah is sure that captivity is going to happen. And he is certain that they will be rebuilt. So he buys land and holds a title deed to what he knows is going to happen. If you ever read in the Amplified, Hebrews 11.1, 1, you'll find out that faith is having the evidence or title deed of what you must do because you grasp a reality that is coming. Now, we say all of that to say, we know what is coming. And we have a title deed to what we must do. We hear, retain, we, we persevere because we are going to produce in dark days. And it will be our distinction. We know that just like you know that when you're given the title paperwork to a house, if you make the payments, the house is yours. You know it. We hold it in our hand. And we're empowered to do this. Amen. Look, with that title deed in hand, we then look at the second item that's listed in the scripture, that they were fruitful. This is more than just having children. This is about being empowered to produce a crop for their great God. They're increasing their ability to produce fruit in every way. 
they were immediately setting their goal on what God's heart is, and that is to empower his people to produce a righteous fruit for him. See, they acquired land there in Goshen. They were fruitful and increased greatly in number. Amen. See, this is the fulfillment of what God charged Adam with. Be fruitful and multiply in number. This is a fulfillment of the prophecy that God gave to Abraham in Genesis 15. He said, hey, look up at the sky. Count the stars if you can. Go ahead and try to count them because so shall your offspring be in the quantity and in the quality of what you see in the stars in the sky. This is the kind of fruitfulness. This is the kind of empowerment that was given to Abraham. And we're seeing it again here in Genesis 47. And it is beautiful. They acquired land. They became fruitful and increased in number. Productive in every way because they had been empowered by the very spirit of the heavens. You understand, have confidence and surety about these necessary. He'll empower you to produce. He will empower you to have good soil, a noble and good heart. He will empower you to produce a crop 30 60 and 100 fold. See this in this house. Have you ever thought when you heard 30, 60, and 100 fold that uh, it was just a metaphor? Beat over the head with the 30, 60, and 100 fold by me? Like if, if, if you don't have 30 disciples, then basically you suck. I, I've done that to y'all many, many times. I repent of it right now. What the Lord is showing us is that the production is him making it grow. Our part is to cultivate our hearts so that the word so that when it, we work at persevering in it. Production is the natural outflow of that. This is not about what you must do. This is about what do you desire? You don't see quite the production yield that you would like. All you have to do is work backwards through that chart. Like, Lord, I, I really want disciples. Then increase your perseverance. Say, Lord, I really I want to be more consistent in the things that I do. Then increase your retention of the word. Lord, I don't feel like, like I can even remember what you shared with me. Everybody else knows their mezuzah. Hey, then start hearing the word more often. As we know the outcome will be. I've never set out to memorize a verse, not once in my entire life. Okay? I've never played the scripture. From hearing it more often, it starts to get rooted in your heart. I'm not telling you not to have your kids remember the, the point here is production will come supernaturally and quite easily as you grow through those other stages. We're going to take the time at our altar today for you as families to decide what you want. Hear the word. Do you need to retain the word more? Is is issue that 
You're not persevering quite like you would like. You're not yet seeing that you believe. It's, it's a desire. And then you can begin to target how to get there. You have become a storehouse. And what God has put in you, He intends to feed the world around us. There will not be an idle household in this church. Living an active word of God will do its work in you. We will succeed. We'll grow dramatically while in Goshen. When God told Adam to be fruitful and multiply, they were in a garden. When he told Noah, they were in the new world. When this is fulfilled in Goshen, they're in captivity. Who would have ever guessed that it would be easier to grow in dark days of captivity? But it is because you hunger to hear the word. You treasure it to where you want to retain it. And you persevere in it because, to be honest, it's a survival tool. And then you produce. God is helping us. In a garden-like environment, you could do whatever you wanted. But in Goshen, we're pretty dependent on hearing the word of God. So we're not going to make this a big emotional plea because you've matured beyond that point. We don't need to hit you with a hammer. What do you want to produce for the king and then take a minute to ask the Lord for what you know you need for that. He will empower you to produce. He will empower you to reproduce. This is going to go on for generations to come until we've taken over that map. Father, we thank you. We ask you because you're a good father to move in our hearts to show us your will and desire for each one of us. Lord, that you would lead the fathers in this room. That you would lead the mothers in this room. Lord, that we would be high-yield crops for you. You purchased our whole field to get the pearl of our obedience. And now, Lord, we don't want there to be an unproductive area in our field. You can cause us to grow. And we are dependent upon that. Lord, increase our awareness of you. Lord, let us circumcise away our sinful insecurities, our sinful lack of faith. We trust you, Lord. Help us to produce in your name.